Today, the British and French people stand together as we have so often before in our history when confronted by evil. Nous sommes solidaires avec vous. Nous sommes tous ensemble. We stand with you, united. Et face à la guerre. Fellow citizens, what happened yesterday in Paris and Saint-Denis near the Stade de France was an act of war. Faced with war, the country has to take appropriate steps. It's an act of war committed by a terrorist army, Daesh, an Islamist army, against France, against the values we uphold throughout the world, against who we are, a free country which speaks to the whole planet. Okay, David Cameron and Francois Holland uh, speaking there. We're joined on the line by Martin Chulov, the uh, Middle East correspondent for The Guardian. Uh, Martin, you're based in Beirut, which we should start by saying is a city that is itself reeling from a very serious ISIS attack uh, in, in the last few days. Yes, that's right. 45 people killed here two days ago, uh, up to 150 wounded. That's the fifth suicide bombing. This was a double suicide bombing in the southern suburbs of Beirut. It did target a Shia area, and the Shias being a mortal enemy of, uh, of the of the ideolo- ideology that underpins ISIS. It was the fifth attack in the last two years. Um, you have covered ISIS extensively, and you've been writing about it in The Guardian, and, and you have spoken to a lot of the young men involved in Islamic State. What's your impression of them? The motivations uh, range across the spectrum. Some of them are deeply ideolo- ideological. I guess there are some some common grounds that uh, that uh, unite their cause. Most of them seem to be fired by some sense of, of a divine mission, uh, that, uh, that what they're doing has, has been preordained in Islamic texts, uh, and that uh, their generation is privileged to be able to carry out uh, these apocalyptic uh, acts. On, on societies whose values they fundamentally not just don't share, but uh, but fundamentally oppose. They see them as undermining uh, the literal reading of, of Islamic texts from 1,500 years ago, and, and they see themselves as, as motivated to fight by force to impose their worldview on, on our societies. Um, the, the nature of the attacks in Paris, I mean, this... You, you think of, of 9-11 um, and the attacks on the Twin Towers were very much sort of a symbolic attack on, on what America stands for. This was kind of different, though. This was attacking people uh, in places they enjoy themselves, like a, a rock concert, restaurants, a, a football game. This was very much an attack on ordinary Parisians. It was in a sense, but in another sense also... Uh, these these Parisians going about their life on a Friday on a, a Friday night or a Thursday night, whatever it was, uh, were were sitting drinking in bars. They were going to cafes. They were going to restaurants. They were going to sports games. All of these things are uh, renounced by the uh, this Salafi jihadi worldview. All of these things are seen as idolizing as uh, as things that uh, bring people further away from their faith. So I think that uh, you know, the, the overriding sense here was that we are going to go after the French where it matters to them, um, uh, doing things that, uh, that, that they celebrate. Uh, we, are, we are going to strip away things that matter to their life. But above and beyond that, this was a message to the French government that uh, you guys have been attacking us in, in Iraq and Syria for the last year, year and a half, and uh, there is a price to pay for that.
Is, do they see us in the West End? I mean, you know, going to football matches, going to concerts, drinking in restaurants. I mean, do they see us essentially as deviants? Is that, or is that too simplistic? No, they absolutely see us as deviants. They see us as people who have strayed a long way from religion. They see it, they see the values of our societies as uh, as as posing a direct challenge to to Muslim communities, to Islam itself. Uh, they see us as people who are who are godless and uh, are therefore worthy of being attacked. Um, that's a, that's an, uh, that's the essence of 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 the way that uh, ISIS members see the West, and that, that is immoral, and uh, trying to impose their, their views on on the Islamic world. So is it, I mean, for, for those who, who know their history, I mean, do they see themselves as resisting the, the crusaders of, of, of um, many hundreds of years ago? Yeah, there's a there's there's a element of of what the, of the worldview that is we are restoring lost glories to Islam. Uh, that the that the Crusaders from 1500 years back, uh, you know, they they were uh, attempting to take uh, Jerusalem from us, and that um, you know that, that 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 what's going on now is pretty much a modern crusade. It's a, it's the latest version of it in terms of uh, U.S. troops going to Iraq in, in 2003, in terms of uh, uh, European air forces bombing. France, uh, sorry, bombing Syria and Iraq 12 years later. So there is very much a sense that uh, lost glories matter. And they are the generation which is going to uh, help bring about that sort of a change. Um, Iraq was a particularly symbolic moment for the, for the cities of this region in the sense that they were stripped of power, uh, certainly in Iraq, in Iraq itself. And uh, 12 years later on, or 11 years later on, there was a failure to support the, the Sunni opposition against Bashar al-Assad next door in Syria. That is seen as a, as a flow-on. It, it is seen as the West uh, uniting with Iran uh, to, to, to hand over Baghdad initially to the Shias, and then also to marginalize the Sunnis in Syria. So all of these apocalyptic uh, prophecies that have been spoken about for, for hundreds of years now in, in the minds of, of, of ISIS are now coming to the fore. The young men you, you, you spoke to, I mean, the, the kind of barbarism that was visited on, on Paris on, on Friday night, going into a venue and, and just literally shooting people at will... Would there be any sense of discomfort at that? Any sense of do they just see that as a, as their you know the the moral thing to do, or do they question at all that that they're on the right track? Well, there were several of the senior ISIS members that I've spoken to who don't share a view that attacking people in places of entertainment um, is a legitimate target, and these are quite senior within ISIS as well. Um, uh, they have told me in the past that uh, no civilian target is appropriate. Military targets are. So I haven't had the chance to be able to, to, to go back to these guys now and say, what do you think of Paris? But I can say quite safely that uh, neither of these very senior members would actually endorse what had taken place there. There were several others, though, one of whom was uh, was the, uh, an emir or a prince of, uh, of Baghdad. He was deeply ideological, and he believed that anything that stood in opposition to the literal sense of Islam, uh, as, as it was originally understood, uh, is deviant and therefore does need to be taken on, and therefore that, uh, that the attacks in Paris can be justified by God's law. So... Within the organisation, there are a range of, of opinions, um, and it, it, it can actually be difficult to pin down 
a true common cause. But if I was to come back to that, all of them do seem to be fired by this sense of divine mission. Um, there, there are some interpretations as to how far they can take that, but uh, above and beyond, they do think that they're doing God's work. One of the lines I have heard um, since the attacks in Paris and indeed in, in, in Beirut is that this is a response from Islamic State because they're losing the battle uh, in in Syria. Is that actually the case? What What is the nature or what is the, the state of that, that battle at the moment? I think it's fair to say that in the last two months, they have been diminished. Uh, they, uh, not strategically, but tactically. They do continue to control this large swathe of land from the eastern edge of Aleppo in Syria right through to the western edge of Mosul in Iraq. And all of Andar province and, and much of the, the border between Iraq and Syria. That's uh, an area of land roughly the size of Jordan. Now, within that area, they have taken some, some hits, uh, especially in the last three days where the Kurdish Peshmerga in the north were able to take the town of Sinjar back from them after a very brief fight. And in doing that, they were able to split supply lines between Iraq and Syria. And they believe that they can, they can uh, continue to, to, to keep those supply lines split. The effect of that is that the caliphate of Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, the self-declared caliphate, is now in three parts. Uh, at the same time, they still maintain their strongholds in, in Raqqa and Mosul. If they were to lose either of them, uh, that would be a significant blow for them. Uh, but uh, so far, so good in terms of hanging on to them. Are they an enemy that's, that is almost impossible to, to de- defeat? I mean, it strikes me there's, I mean, there's, there's the battle going on in, in Syria, which maybe from the Western powers' point of view is easier uh, or more straightforward, if you like, to, to contest. But then you have this battle now on the streets of of Paris, of the, of of uh, Beirut, and 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 who knows, possibly in other uh, Western cities as well. Can they can they be defeated? Do you think? Ideologically, I think there is room to move on on convincing large numbers of uh, young disenfranchised uh, Sunni Muslim men around the region and around the world that this is not a righteous cause, that this is not uh, underpinned by theology, and that there is no mandate there to, to attack Western values and Western ways of life. The overriding thing, though, is that there are large numbers of, uh, of Sunnis in, in the center of Arabia who have, for better or for worse, joined this organization, but mostly don't believe in its ideology. They've joined them because ISIS have come along and said, we've got your back. Uh, we, can, we can represent you where the political process utterly failed you. And that has been the case over the last 12 years in Iraq and in Syria and indeed in Lebanon. ISIS are now saying, you have safety in numbers with us. In the, in the, in the absence of a, of a failed body politic, we are restoring not just lost glories of Islam, but also your, your lost dignities as well. Now, until a, a viable, inclusive political process uh, can somehow resurrect from the ruins of this part of the world, then I, that message that, that ISIS are, are, are putting out there is continuing to be, uh, I guess, attractive to some. And, of course, there are, there are others who feel that they don't have a choice but to align themselves to this organization because they've overtaken their communities and if they were to defy them, they would indeed be killed. Now, our guest is Martin Tulop, the Middle Eastern correspondent for The Guardian. Martin, just before I let you go, uh, two last questions. Um, firstly, I mean, are, listening to your analysis, is it your view that if the war in Iraq had not happened and 
the way the West handles Syria, if those events had not happened, that ISIS would not exist today? So I say more so the events in Iraq. Iraq, as uh, as ISIS define it, was the original sin in terms of uh, the, the contemporary political battle there, and that is the original power and influence. Um, ISIS grew out of the ruins of Iraq. Uh, but Saddam Hussein, of course, was the patron of the minority Sunnis there. Um, he was ousted. Uh, the Sunnis were disenfranchised. Uh, the Sunnis were establishment in that country, and ever since then, they've been trying to re-enfranchise themselves, get some sort of power in a, in, a, in a country where power has gone to the majority Shias, and the Sunnis of that country have continued to be marginalized. Syria is a, is a slightly different story, but Syria did feed directly out of Iraq. Uh, I'm not sure it's, it's entirely fair to blame the West for what's taken place in Syria itself. I mean, you're almost damned if you do, damned if you don't, in yeah. terms of being Barack Obama. Do you, do you intervene or do you not? Uh, I think uh, his position has been, I don't want to own this mess. Uh, look what happened to the mess that the U.S. owned next door, and, and we still own it a decade later, and will for generations. So it, it, it does seem to me that Iraq was the first of the, of the many dominoes, and if that invasion hadn't taken place, then we wouldn't be where we are today. And final question, what impact will these attacks, uh, particularly the attacks in Paris, what impact do you think they will have on the Western Paris? Do you think they will step up their efforts in Syria or will it, when I suppose when the anger uh, has, has, has died down, will it make them less inclined uh, to become involved? Certainly going to harden France's resolve, resolve in the short term. There will be, undoubtedly, a step up in the air campaign. There will be some consideration given to, to, to sending troops on in. Um, but I'm not sure that it's going to lead to a, a tipping point, which is going to involve uh, Western armies or European armies uh, going across the border from the Kurdish north of Iraq or in, into Turkey to, to take Mosul or Raqqa themselves. What they want to do is empower proxies, uh, and especially uh, the Kurds of, of Iraq's far north. Um, they, are the, they are the ones who succeeded over the weekend in taking Sinjar after a, a relatively short battle. So I think what we'll see is a re-intensified effort uh, to, to give them the, the equipment and the means that they need uh, to get this job done, uh, but certainly with a very uh, wary eye towards uh, consequences because uh, this region has really been more volatile. Uh, there, there are so many uh, knock-on effects of if you push too hard in one area. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think that uh, ISIS uh, are probably going to continue to be a force uh, for some time uh, in, in the short to medium term, perhaps even longer. OK, we'll leave it there. Martin Chulov, a Middle East correspondent for The Guardian, uh, based in Beirut. Thanks indeed for taking the time to talk to us this morning. You're welcome.